Welcome back to the Engage 8 podcast. I'm Zach and here are my co-hosts, Josh and Mike. Today we're going to be talking about the AFC and NFC South. And one of you guys is going to get us uh, started with some headlines over the last week. Yeah, I got a couple things. First thing that happened like 20 minutes before we started recording, Zeke signed with the Patriots. So that's a good uh, backup for Ramondre. It looked like he wasn't going to get signed for a while. So I thought maybe he was going to go midway through the season. Someone was going to sign him, but it looks like he's going to be at camp. You guys got any, any thoughts on that? Um, I was excited to see Ramondre, but more in the red zone. But Zeke, that's a good fit. He'll get some touchdowns there. Yeah, Zeke's probably just going to be the uh, the goal line back or short yardage guy. I mean, that's kind of what he's been the last few years anyways. So I don't really see much changing for the Patriots in terms of like their season outcome. But Zeke's definitely a nice body to have back there. I agree. Uh, next headline I got here, Teddy Bridgewater signs with the with the Lions. Very happy about that. Um, we badly needed a backup, so it felt as, as horrible as you saw in the first preseason game. But he, he just can't move the rock at all. So Teddy's a good a good backup. He probably could start on a few teams, I feel like. And he's always just been a top-end backup, so good to have if golf goes down. Nice signing. Um, two more headlines. Uh, Zach Martin signed an extension with the uh, Dallas Cowboys. He gets more than $18 million a year now, uh, which is a raise of $8 million per year. So he is no longer holding out. He'll be with the team. And Zach Ertz was cleared for football activities today, so he'll be back with the Cardinals. Um, yeah, so... we, were t- we were just talking about Zach Martin last episode, about how the Cowboys needed to sign him, so I'm happy he got his money. Yeah. Got to keep the superstars happy. Yep. So we're going to start with the AFC South today. Um, we're going to start with the Tennessee Titans. All righty, the Titans. For the ads for the Titans, the big one, obviously, DeAndre Hopkins. They also signed Sean Murphy Bunting, uh, drafted Will Levis. Um, not too many losses for them. They lose the tight end in Hooper. They lose Bud Dupree, uh, Robert Woods, Zach Cunningham. But I think the biggest thing here for the Titans is who's going to get the the most reps. We saw the preseason game last weekend. They were splitting back and forth between Willis and Levis. And it, w- it wasn't one of them going out and it was it for the game. They were going back and forth. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, makes me think that they don't really know at all what the, they're doing with the quarterback position. But um, it looks like Willis has taken most of the second team reps in practice. So Some of their other ads were uh, Aziz Al-Shayir from the 49ers. Uh, Sean Murphy Bunting, nice cornerback. Some, some players that I think will definitely benefit in the Mike Rabel system. I mean, he gets the most out of all of his players. But they still have a very bad offensive line. Um, they moved. They drafted Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern. It looks like they moved him to left guard. So that'll be interesting to see. They're just they're, they're a hard-nosed football team. They play hard. They're usually the tougher team out there on the football fields. I mean, when you got Derrick Henry, massive running back, it's kind of hard to not be. But they got a lot of big bodies. They're a tough team, but it's not a great O-line. And the defense... It's not great, but when you have Mike Rabel as your coach, they they will overperform and be better than you think. But it's it's all going to depend on Ryan Tannehill if they can make it to the playoffs or not. Um, I'm not a fan of Ryan Tannehill. I don't think they can do it. But yeah, I'm going to try and go again. Yeah, see if I don't, I don't yeah go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Levis and Willis, they were both all right. I saw Levis was kind of had a couple deer in headlights moments within some of the. Uh, dropbacks he had 
he showed off some of his good, uh, strong arm at times, fit some balls into some tight windows that I wasn't really expecting at times. But they drafted Skaronsky after losing Nate Davis, Ben Jones, and Taylor Lewan. So they got to shore up that line somehow. They did lose Zach Cunningham, like you guys mentioned earlier. And he only played in six games last year, but he was a three-time 100-tackle guy with Houston, and that wasn't too long ago. So losing him definitely kind of sucks. No, I agree. Uh, One thing about that defense, I've been seeing a lot of reports in camp that the defense has been dominating the offense, which was interesting to me because there's a lot of parts of the offense that are much more talented than the defense. So I thought that was interesting and not really – I think it's more of a bad sign in the offense than it is a good sign in the defense. So – I guess we'll see how it works with that offense, but I would like to see at some point, maybe if they're out of the race early, seeing let them try Willis and let him get full games and let Levis get full games. Cause when you use the capital draft guys like that, you have to, you have to at least let them get some go. Um, I also like Traylon Burks to have a really big year. If Tannehill can stay healthy and throw him the ball. Cause I just think, I mean, he showed in spurts last year, what he could be and having D hop on the other side will free him up for a lot more spots. I believe. Yeah, um, it's that backup quarterback is kind of the story of their season. And it's I just I'm not a fan of Tannehill. I don't think they'll make the playoffs this year. Um, I think it's just a lot of how well Levis and um, Malik Willis can look. Yeah, completely agree. I a lot is going to depend on Tannehill and if he's able to continue being that average guy that he is and getting the ball out to the playmakers and handing it off to Derrick Henry correctly. But they also added uh, Ty J Spears from uh, Tulane. He was a guy that I was really looking at for Chicago in the late rounds. Quick, uh, speedy guy who can really just get in and out of uh, the uh, the gaps really quickly. And he's, he's going to learn from Derrick Henry. So I'm not guessing he's going to stiff arm anybody anytime soon, but he can definitely be a nice little thunder and lightning duo with him. All right, you guys ready to move on to the Colts or anything you, uh, you have left to say about the Titans? One last thing is that this has to be Ryan Tannehill's last year on the Titans. For sure. Completely agree. Completely agree. You can't go second round, third third round quarterbacks back-to-back years and just have them sit there. Mm-hmm. So for the Colts, I'm going to leave Mike to talk about all the ads and losses because there's a big list here. So I'll let you go over those. But I have a few notes here. First thing I said is the defense I feel like has potential – uh, to be really good. I I like this roster as a whole, actually. The young DBs, uh, Rush, Branson, Nick Cross, the safety they drafted last year, um, are all going to get some go now. And I think that's going to be – I mean, they, we just saw the Ronnie Harrison signing, but um, I still hope to see Nick Cross get some reps this year. Um, I also really like Alec Pierce to have a good year alongside Pittman and finally having a quarterback that can throw in the ball because – Old Matt Ryan is not what you want as your quarterback in your rookie year. So actually having someone that can throw the ball and air it out, I think him as the wide receiver too will have another good chance to break out along with Traylon Burks from the Titans. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's it's a roster that's pretty solid front to back. It's going to be interesting to see uh, Steichen in his first season and see if he can prove to keep up what he did with Philly, but it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see the offensive line has a couple holes, but a lot of guys that are, have been talented that just didn't have good years last year. So I think the Colts could shock some people this year. 
Yeah, a lot's going to depend on Richardson at quarterback, but I'll I'll let Mike talk about that because he's kind of his guy. But they they finished twenty seventh in offense, so having that trio of Downs, uh, Pierce, and Pittman, that's going to be really nice for Richardson. And they were actually middle of the pack on defense. So, but they did lose Gilmore, so that'll be a a big hit. But outside of that, I think they have a lot of promise. Yeah, and they were middle of the pack in defense, and the defense was out there for a majority of the game. Um, obviously, the big addition is Anthony Richardson. They finally have a quarterback of the future. Not having a statue, Matt Ryan statue, Nick Foles in the pocket will, I think, help the offensive line, which struggled a lot last year. They need to get better. Bernard Raymond needs to develop better. He's looked better later in the season and so far in the preseason. I think Quentin Nelson to come back and be the guy that he was in 2020-2021. Um, but I love their draft. We drafted a lot of just athletes, freak athletes that you just don't see every day. Ade Ade from Northwestern, defensive tackle. Will Mallory, tight end Miami. Uh, Juju Brents, Julius Brents from Kansas State, from Indy. Uh, Blake Freeland, an offensive tackle. They really needed that. Um, but they're going to have a lot of ups and downs from Anthony Richardson. I mean, we saw that in the preseason, but he's young. He's the... If he starts this year, he'll be the youngest quarterback in the NFL, youngest starter, and he would be the fifth youngest starter in NFL history. So he just turned 21 two, three weeks ago. Um, you said the Ronnie Harrison signing. That helps the defensive backs. That's one part of the team that I'm worried about the most. They have a lot of young defensive backs, along with Kenny Moore, who struggled last year. They need him to play that was a lot of their season last year was just players regressing and not playing up to their potential but the other big return is Shaquille Leonard Darius Leonard uh, him being healthy just helps the defense a lot he's a turnover machine but the D-line is the strength of this team they have two incredible defensive tackles DeForest Buckner Grover Stewart uh, Samson Ebicom coming off the edge with Quiddy Pay uh, one guy I'm very excited for Dio Odangbo He's young, massive wingspan, freak athlete as well. And it's just a lot of young guys on the defense. I'm excited to see how they perform. Uh, they got a kicker, Matt Gay, uh, richest contract in NFL history for a kicker. But they lack a lot of depth in the linebacking core, uh, corners, and offensive line. They need to look for an offensive lineman still in free agency, see if they can find one. Um, you said a losses. They lost Yannick Ngakwe. Uh, a big loss was the gambler, Isaiah Rogers. That really hurt the young cornerbacks. He was due for an incredible season. Um, just can't gamble on your own team. That's can't do it. The wild uh, yeah, yeah. And Gardner Minshew coming in. I think Gardner Minshew was, I, I expect him to start maybe week one and two. I would like him to at least start week one. But after that, I think Anthony Richardson should take this team over, be the starting quarterback all season, let him get reps. And we saw in the preseason game, first possession was shaky. But as he played more and more, got into the game more, he looked better. He had the nice throw to Alec Pierce, who, like you said, Josh, I think is due for a breakout season. Um, This team is just – there's a lot of ways they can go. They can be really good or they could be rough. Yeah, I like the Ibukam signing too. I think uh, finish, sharing up that D line and getting that last edge spot was big for them. Um, but I I like the you didn't uh, we didn't even mention Julian Blackman yet. 
I, I think just as a whole, I think the young secondary is going to be the the end all that that and Anthony Richardson, of course. But I think those are going to be the biggest two factors in uh, the cold season. Those guys that you said that were also like regressing when last season, especially on the offensive line, I think continued regression could be really, really bad for this team. But if they could just settle down and try to get back to the word, the way they were in 2022, um, when the Colts had a, a well-known good lineup, good roster, if they can get back to the potential that they were playing at then and Richardson can slide in there and be the good quarterback that they've been lacking for a long time. Um, I think, I think they could easily finish second in the division. Yeah, I completely agree with that. A lot of it is going to, I mentioned it earlier, it's going to depend on Richardson and I'm kind of a film junkie myself. So I went back into the the tape and looked at Richardson himself. Uh, he had a up and down first game and he had some really good throws, but also had some of the accuracy issues we saw in college. The pick came from him trying to do a little too much off that RPO. But other than that, he operated well in the quick game, and he should have had a touchdown on the beautiful ball to Pierce, but unfortunately kind of didn't come down with that. But other than that, I think Indy, I think they might have their guy, but obviously he's very young, it's very early, and depending on how many starts he gets, he can really rack up a lot of a, a lot of reps and turn himself into a, a franchise guy. One thing we didn't even mention was uh, the Jonathan Taylor drama. Um, they they need Jonathan Taylor to play. I mean, Deion Jackson, he was all right last year. But, I mean, this preseason, they had, I think, like 23 carries about for like 78 yards. You need to – it was like two-point-something yards per carry. But they need to be better than that. They need a running back. And whether he plays or not, I think he'll play. It's hard to tell, though. There's a lot going on there. I think there's a lot going on behind the scenes. But, yeah, Shane Sykin, the new head coach, he's helped develop Jalen Hurts. Jim Bob Cooter, he was the pass game coordinator last year for the Jags. He's been around the league a lot. And Gus Bradley's back at defensive coordinator. So they have the same defensive coordinator as last year. And I think their defense will be better. And I think their offense, I think it will be better than last year. It's hard to not be better than it was last year. I think just getting Jonathan Taylor back is not only important just for winning. I think it's also really important for Anthony Richardson. I I think adding Jonathan Taylor in there and just having the threat of him back there, even if the O-line is struggling, is going to take a lot of the pressure off Anthony Richardson. I think it's, that would help him a lot. Not to say any of the under, other running backs on the Colts aren't good enough to do that, but Jonathan Taylor is Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. So I think that uh, it's important to get that situation figured out, but it seems, especially with the whole agent situation, it's it's anybody's guess. I feel like where that one can go. Yeah, yeah, gotta you got to keep the stud running back. Regardless, I know the league nowadays is turning into pass centric, and running backs are turning into replaceable. You kind of just run them until they're dry, and then you just rinse and repeat with a rookie. But Jonathan Taylor is one of those special guys to where you just have to you got to keep him at all costs, even if you do tank the last couple years of his contract. But he is good enough. He's only what twenty four, maybe twenty five. He's really good runner going into his fourth year, third year. I don't even know. He, it's insane how young he is and how productive he is when he's healthy. I think they got to keep him and do anything it takes to make him happy. Yeah. And the worst part about it is if he would have just played this year, had a great season, he, he, Ballard and Ursay would have paid him. They love playing oh, their own bro. players. And uh, that's why I think there's something going on behind the scenes because 
I think he this in this high ankle sprain might be worse than people think. Very well could be. Uh any any last thoughts here? Mm. I'm all good. All right. All right. So next team I got on here is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, they did not have nearly as many ads as I was expecting to when I went and looked back. The first name I had written down was Brandon McManus. So that's when I knew we went, that it was kind of bare bones. But they got Anton Harrison, the tackle, and they got Brenton Strange, the tight end, and Tank Bigsby, the running back from Auburn. So that should be interesting behind uh, ETN. But um, the main thing I noticed here is I've been, I feel like I've been seeing a lot of hype around the Jaguars, similar to the Lions hype, except for I don't think this hype is justified at all. They had a really good end to the last season. Trevor Lawrence has been playing great. I love Trevor Lawrence. But when you look at this roster, I mean, it it's not what everyone's trying to make it out to be. Their weapons are – they're solid. They got Kirk and Ridley, which I like, and then Evan Ingram, the tight end, who he played really well last year. But their offensive line is mid at best, and then their their defense is like their, – their secondary is very weak which I did not like to see at all when I was looking there. I thought I thought their defense had a little bit more talent than that. But their secondary is very weak. They have a young, unproven O-line. And um, the, the tackle, Harrison, who they drafted, was playing right tackle – or was playing left tackle in college, excuse me, and now is playing right tackle. And I've seen a lot of reports that are saying he's struggling there. So that'll be interesting to see uh, what happens with Harrison. But like I said, I was very underwhelmed uh, looking into this team. Yeah, I – Completely understand where you're coming from. They lost Jawan Taylor and are trying to replace him with a rookie in Harrison. But they did add Calvin Ridley at the deadline last year. I think that's a spectacular move, only getting him for, I believe, a fifth rounder. Adding a wide receiver one to a team that Trevor Lawrence is the pretty much point guard of, I think that's a scary sight. But looking at their offense last year, they were ranked 10th in the league in yards per game. And that honestly shocked me, given their personnel. And I think ETN will take a big step this coming year. I think he might insert himself into the top 10 uh, running backs in the league, especially as a pass catcher and runner of the football. Their defense has to improve, can't be 24th again. But I think their 9-8 and eight record was more of a reflection on the weak division rather than yeah. them being a very strong team. Yeah, I agree with everything you guys said. Uh, I mean, they lost Joan Taylor and replacing him with an Anton Harrison, a rookie, and He's not been looking great. So, yeah, that's going to hurt their offense. Calvin Ridley coming, obviously, that helps their offense. But what they really need is their young guys on defense to step up and really be the guys that they drafted them to be. Trayvon Walker, especially. I mean, the number one overall pick. Devin Lloyd, he had a good start to the season. He struggled later. They need those guys to step up. They're just a well-coached team, you know, in a rough division. I think the division will be slightly better this year. I mean, the Texans, I think, well, we'll get to them later. But I think the Colts got better. Um, yeah, Trevor Lawrence just needs to step up and be like a top five, top seven QB if they want to do better than what they did last year. I think they're kind of destined to be almost what they were last year. Yeah, I I completely agree. I've been seeing a lot of the reports out of camp being that the offense is torching the defense, which I completely understand just looking at the personnel it makes sense. And Trevor Lawrence is really coming into his own. The interior D line is really, really weak in Jacksonville. They could really use if they had the pick to take Jalen Carter, that inserting Jalen Carter would solve a lot of the problems they have on defense, but they need, like you said, Mike, they need Trayvon Walker to be the number one pick. 
and they need Josh Allen to continue to be what he's been. And then it is, it just is what it is on the interior defensive line. They're probably going to get run over by a lot of teams, Derrick Henry specifically when they play the Titans, but um, it's, it's going to be a lot of, can they stop the run and can their young secondary Tyson Campbell, et cetera, figure it out and uh, shut down some number one receivers. Yeah, they, not they, Trevor Lawrence really took a a good step in the right direction in terms of developing into that franchise quarterback and uh, Jacksonville savior that he is sought out to be. But I'm really intrigued to see how they respond to their playoff run last year. They were down big at halftime to the Chargers, came back, and then they played the Chiefs in a hobbled Mahomes, but unfortunately lost. And I, I think if they make it to the playoffs, Trevor Lawrence can make some plays for them. But the entire roster, it's like you said, Josh, shaky. It's it's a lot of inconsistencies and holes where you don't really want them. So, yeah, like you said, Josh, Derek Henry running them over. I'm excited to see Anthony Richardson and if Jonathan Taylor plays to run them over. Um, the Colts have their problems with the Jaguars, though, but that's mainly on the offensive side for the Jags. But yeah, they um that interior defensive line is rough. Yeah, their offense is gonna is definitely gonna keep them in some games. And I wanted to mention Doug Peterson. I love Doug Peterson. I think I love what he did with them last year. I think he might have been canned a little bit early in Philly. And um I, I honestly think he's perfect for them. He was the reason him and Trevor Lawrence were the reason that they made the playoffs last year, and they're the reason that they came back from down big to the Chargers. Um so with, with those two, they could win some games and make us all look dumb, but just from just from a roster standpoint, the talent is not there specifically in the interior defensive line, the secondary. Yeah. yeah I've been I seeing mean, people say they are going to like the AFC championship, Trevor yeah. Lawrence, MVP. I think there's a chance they have like a hangover, like, you know, teams have every, every year. There's a team like that, that has a good season and wins a playoff game. And the next year they just struggle and can't win games. I think that's, there's a good chance that they do that. I mean, I could completely see them like, like Trevor Lawrence becoming step for step with Mahomes, maybe, but he would need a the best out of his offensive line. Calvin Ridley would have to come in and like elevate his game even more, even though having that year off. And they're gonna have to hit on all their like draft picks. It's it's gonna be a tough road, but luckily they're in a division that the last three or four years track record, it's been a little disappointing. So with Trevor Lawrence potentially taking a step. I think they could still win the division, but it'll be it'll be tough because they're going to be in a lot of shootouts. Yeah, I I agree. I think the division is the is probably the biggest reason why we're seeing so much hype around the Jags. That and the fact that they won a playoff game last year. But uh, yeah, in a in a division where depending on what happens with Ryan Tannehill and the rookie quarterbacks uh, in Tennessee, where Trevor Lawrence is going to be the veteran in the division, so I could see him winning late season games and winning those division games to put the Jags maybe at the top of the division. But um, I don't know about all this AFC championship talk. Yeah. All right. You guys ready to finish off this division with the Texans? Yes, sir. All right. Okay. So for the Texans, um, they're big, they're big ads here. Shaquille Griffin, Dalton Schultz, Robert Woods. They got Jimmy Ward from the Niners to go along with D'Amico Ryan's their new head coach. Uh, George Fant, Sheldon Rankins, 
uh, Devin Singletary, and then they obviously drafted C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson and Juice Scruggs, the center. So um, that was a big list of ads, obviously. And their losses, the only big losses I really have down here is, honestly, it's really just Brandon Cooks, and he didn't even want to be there. So I think the Texans offseason couldn't have gone better. So uh, they have a young, talented roster. Their wide receiver core is interesting. It's not great. They obviously have – they like I said, they signed Robert Woods. They have Nico Collins, who they've had. And then uh, Mechie, who was out with leukemia the entire last season. So, And I've heard a lot of stuff I've been seeing is that he's going to play a big role and that him and CJ Stroud have really been connecting. So um, I could definitely see a big year for him. Their secondary, just with Stingley, Petrie, Ward, is, is great. It's really good. Their D-line – they have obviously they have Rankins, they have Anderson, but it's not complete by any means. They definitely have some holes on the D line. Um, but yeah, I think I think the biggest thing is to meet Go Ryan's for them. I, I think it's finally going to be a culture change there, which they've needed for a long time. It's I don't think it's going to be a situation like it's been for them for years where they're firing their head coach every year. Yeah, uh, adding D'Amico is definitely a big uh, addition for them. But finishing 31st in offense and 30th in defense, you can't get much closer to the bottom of the barrel than that. They're one Davis Mills heave prayer, like Hail Mary, whatever you want to call it, away from getting that number one overall pick. And luckily, he completed though. But you also forgot to mention Shaq Mason. They ended up adding him, and I think he's huge for Stroud. But on the negative side of that, they have Titus Howard. He got hurt, and he's got surgery or something, and he's going to be out for like four to six weeks. So losing that bookend tackle, he's not necessarily young by any means, but he's a good tackle, and not having him for a little while will definitely maybe put a couple bumps in the road for Stroud's development. Yeah, like you said, D'Amico Ryan's the new head coach. I like their offensive coordinator. Um, Slowick, he was the 49ers pass game coordinator. So getting anyone from the Kyle Shanahan offensive tree is going to be good, especially hopefully for CJ Stroud. Well, maybe not hopefully, but yeah, I think they have a really good defense. Surprising. I mean, Will Anderson, obviously that's a, I think he was the best player in the draft, in my opinion, out of any position. I liked him over Jalen Carter. Jalen Petrie is very good safety. Sheldon rankings to get a nice defensive tackle. That helps him a lot. And Derek Stingley looked great last year. So they have a good defense. Denzel Perryman, good linebacker. I think the defense is going to shock people, especially with D'Amico Ryans, a great defensive mind as their head coach. Damian Pierce, I think he'll have a great season at running back. Uh, it's The big thing is how quickly can C.J. Stroud adjust to the NFL. He didn't look great in his preseason game, but it's the first game. You can't take much of it. It's a preseason game. They also got Henry Tuoto, the linebacker from Alabama, who was a highly touted recruit uh, to Tennessee and then transferred to Alabama, um, to go along with a defense, which they – the Texans are a perfect example of a team going out and just getting every position they need outside of the offensive line's a little shaky. But they completely filled out their defense. Um, this is going to be a big year for Stingley, getting to actually compete and develop with, a, with good pieces around him in the secondary, having Ward and Petrie. Um, so, yeah, this is – that the Texans and another team we're going to talk about in a little bit um, are probably the two biggest shocks I've had so far in, like, doing deep dives into these teams' rosters before the season of uh, how much talent they have. And I think they can uh, win some games if Stroud has a good season. 
yeah, uh, like most teams with a rookie quarterback, a lot is going to hinge on them. Um, a weaker division, if Stroud does pop early and Anderson is just a force, gets like 10 to 15 sacks, they could really do some damage within that division. But outside of that, I don't see them doing much like postseason-wise if they even make it there. But, yeah, they they just signed as many people as possible. They filled holes. Uh, Perryman and Littleton at linebacker, those guys are very able-bodied and actually a little underrated if you think about it. But they can really only go up from where they were at last year. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned the, re- the receiver situation, Josh. I don't know if you mentioned Tank Dell. He looked very good in their preseason game. I mean, they don't have the greatest weapons, but their weapons are young, so they can still develop outside of Robert Woods. So it's it'll be interesting to see how Nico Collins, like you said, develops, Tank Dell, John Mechie. Interesting to see how they develop. And they got Dalton Schultz at tight end. Damian Pierce, too, second year. Now he has Devin Singletary in the backfield with him from Buffalo. So, yeah, I think I think this might be one of the more talented teams in this division for sure. Uh, any last thoughts before we get to standings and awards? No, I'm good to go forward. All right, cool. All right, for standings, we'll just run through this real quick, and then we'll get to our awards. I I struggled with this one, so I I put a I put an asterisk. I have Jags one, Texans two, and then I have Colts three. Depending on how early Anthony Richardson starts playing, so if he starts playing late, I have the Colts at four and the Titans at three. If he's in the lineup early in the first few weeks. I have Colts three, Titans four. I've got Jaguars one, Colts two, Titans three, Texans four. I'm not all too impressed with the Texans roster as a whole because they've they've got some promising guys, but they would have to really hit some some home runs on their draft picks in order to truly compete. But a lot of young quarterbacks in this division, a lot's going to depend on that. Yeah, a lot of young quarterbacks. This is, I think, one of the toughest divisions. I think it's the toughest division to predict because there's just so much young talent with the quarterbacks. Just shaky rosters all around. Um, But I have, although I said they might have a hangover, I think the uh, Jaguars still win the division. I don't know. They only get nine wins again. Uh, I have the Titans at two still. Uh, um, Texans at three and the Colts at four. So... Interesting that I'm the Colts fan and I have him in last, but I think it's just it's a development year for Anthony Richardson. So that's the most important thing. I, I like how we go through this whole thing where we talk about how the Jags and why are they getting all this hype? And then we all just end up picking yeah. them to win the division anyways. But I, I, I obviously agree. I'm just not impressed by anybody else, honestly. So it's a lot of variables in this division, obviously, with all the young talent and new head coaches. But um Offensive rookie of the year. Um, I same asterisks as the as the standings. If Richardson plays early and gets a lot of games under his belt, I think I have him as offensive rookie of the year. If he doesn't, I like Stroud better. I got Richardson over Stroud. I think it's really gonna, regardless of how many games he plays, I think he's just gonna make a lot of plays on the ground and in the air, and he's got the weapons to really distribute the ball to. So I think Richardson takes home that award. Yeah, I, I was leaning towards CJ Stroud, but I think after watching the preseason game, I'm just I'm pleased with what I saw from Anthony Richardson, so I'm going to go with Anthony Richardson, my guy. The CJ Stroud pick did it for you? That was enough? No. no it was <laughs> just Anthony Richardson. Maybe it was the Alec Pierce, though. Yeah. <laughs> Throw. Alright, defensive rookie of the year. I got Will Anderson. Pretty easy. I agree with you, uh, Mike. I think him and Jalen Carter are usually the two best players in the draft. 
Um, so yeah, I got I got Will Anderson. Yeah, like I mean, it's Will Anderson. Nothing else to say. <laughs> yep. Quick and easy. <laughs> all, right, <laughs> all right, offensive player of the year. Uh, I have Calvin Ridley. Um, all these videos that I've been seeing from camp of him dusting all these other uh, receivers and drills has completely taken me over. And I think he's going to return to exactly what he was, if not better than he was in Atlanta and a significantly better quarterback than he's ever had in Trevor Lawrence. So I got Calvin Ridley at player of the year on the offensive end. I think it could be more of a 50, 50 chance of it being Derrick Henry or Calvin Ridley until Derrick Henry slows down. I really have no reason to doubt him. So I think it's going to be one of those two. I really can't make a concrete decision about it though. Um, I was going to pick Derrick Henry, but I think Ty J Spears is going to slow him down a little bit. I think he might regress a little bit. I want to pick Jonathan Taylor, but you know, you don't know if he's playing with injury or contract or what's going on if he's healthy. So I'm going to go with Kevin Ridley as well. He's just, he's a great receiver, the best receiver Trevor Lawrence has had. And I'm excited to see how that goes for him. All right. For Depoy, I decided to go with Darius Leonard, Shaquille Leonard. Um, He's always been super talented, and he's the past couple seasons has really struggled with injury issues. But if he could stay healthy, he's definitely one of the best players in this division on both sides of the ball. And I expect him to have a really good season. And just throw a quick honorable mention in there, if Will Anderson does end up having this freak year, he he could easily have a Michael Parsons type um, rookie of the year and player of the year argument. I've also got Shaq Leonard. Uh, shout out to Jeffrey Simmons for a close second place. He's very underrated on the Titans. But Shaq Leonard, if he's healthy, he's definitely going to win it. Yeah, I got my boy Shaquille, Darius Leonard. He's a turnover machine, a tackling machine. I like what you said about Will Anderson. He could have like that Michael Parsons year. But I got my boy Darius Leonard. Shaquille, Darius Leonard. Man of many names. Nope. All right, for, for MVP, uh, I got Tila. I got Trevor Lawrence. Um, like we just talked about, he's got Ridley. The O line is shaky, but he's the one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He's easily the best quarterback in this division, and I think he's going to take that extra leap from where he was last year. Yeah, shocker, more Jags propaganda, but Trevor Lawrence is the MVP of this division. I also have Trevor Lawrence. Um, if there was a comeback player of the year award, I just want to give a shout out to Rigoberto Sanchez, the cold punter, <laughs> towards Achilles, dog back, boom, the sixty-five yard punt, first punt back. Shout out. But yeah, my MVP, I got Trevor Lawrence. All right. Um, so that's it for the AFC South. We can now move on to the second half of this video, the NFC South. Um, and we'll start off with the Saints. Their big ad, obviously, Derek Carr is their new quarterback. They got Jamal Williams from my Lions, who's always – he's a good locker room guy. He's a good vibes guy. And he's a hell of a running back. So I think that's a good signing for them. Um, they have Brian Breesey who they drafted yeah. along with Isaiah Foskey. Uh, and then they do lose Davenport and they lose Onyemata. And they don't have uh, Alvin Kamara for three games. But um, I am curious to see how Derek Carr is going to perform in this offense. He's got the weapons. Their offensive line is lackluster, but it's not one of the worst ones in the league. Um, I think it's interesting. I think this is a very similar situation that Carr had with the Raiders. It's a, it's not a very talented defense, although they've been showing up in camp and they've been really, really good. It's not a very talented defense. It's not a very talented O-line, but they, he has the weapons and he's going to make some stuff happen. Um, I don't think 
the Derek Carr Saints experiment is going to be fantastic, but he's a good quarterback and he has good weapons. So I think it'll be very similar to him on the Raiders. Uh, I completely agree. Carr is going to be, he's going to be the same guy he was on the Raiders, maybe a slight downgrade in weapons because he doesn't have Devontae Adams, who is arguably the best in the league at his spot, but their defense, they they were fifth in the league last year in yards per game. So I think they kept them in a lot of games, but it was the inconsistencies at quarterback and honestly at running back too, because Camaro wasn't really his true self. It looked like at points last year. So adding Jamal Williams will definitely help. And yeah, I just, with the division being the way it is, we'll talk about it later, but it's a weaker ish division, but I have the saints finishing on top in this division. Yeah, I mean, we said Derek Carr doesn't have Devon Tabs anymore, but I mean, he almost might have better weapons, if not the same amount of weapons as he did in Las Vegas. Alvin Kamara, Jamal Williams, Chris Olave, who I'm really high on. I think he's going to have an incredible year, almost kind of like Garrett Wilson, almost uh, college teammates. Michael Thomas, if he actually plays. I heard he learned a curl route, so that's interesting. Mm, interesting. Uh, and then Jawan Johnson. Uh, he's a touchdown machine, good in the red zone. But like you said, their offensive line is a little shaky. They need Trevor Penning to really step up. He struggled last year at left tackle. The interior of the offensive line, I feel like it should be better with uh, Andres Pete, McCoy, and uh, Ruiz. Ryan Ramshek's obviously a great right tackle, so he's he'll be good. But they need the interior of the offensive line to be better. And the defense, they lost some talent, like you said, Onyemeda, but... They're still solid. Cam Jordan, Lattimore, Tyron Matthew, Marcus May. They got good DBs. Uh, Adebo, young DB. See him keep developing. Demario Davis, Pete Werner. They have solid players. I think they win this division. And it's, I just think they have the best team. And Derek Carr, he's a good enough quarterback to get it done. Brian Breesy, too. Um, But, yeah, I just think they have a good roster. Well, maybe not a good roster, but in this division, they have a good roster. Yeah, we're definitely talking about arguably two of the most lackluster divisions, I think, in football today. So I think we have to grade everything we talk about on a spectrum of they can probably still compete in the division, even if they don't have the best team. Um, I did not hear the report you said about Michael Thomas learning a curl route. That's big if true. Um, but uh, a couple of camp things I wanted to talk about. Um, Derek Carr has been struggling in camp. I didn't – honestly, I did not watch the preseason game they had yesterday. So – I have always been a supporter of Jameis, and although he gets wild at times, I'm not sure that Derek Carr is a wild upgrade over Jameis. I, if, if he's not playing well early in the season, even though it seems like the Saints don't really like Jameis for whatever reason, if Derek Carr is not playing well early in the season, I could, I could see Jameis getting some reps in there with, like you said, my Olave, who's also been looking great in camp. It really looks like he's going to make the next step. The weapons are there. Um, defense has been dominating the offense in camp, which I think the offense is arguably more talented. So that's that was interesting to me. But I'm not sold on Derek Carr being the, the all-end-all for the quarterback situation. All jokes aside about Michael Thomas, uh, I think him and Chris Olave, if they're both healthy the entire year and build good chemistry with Carr as he's coming in, they, they have a really high chance of just running through this league because not a lot of teams have two corners who can really follow those types of players around. Chris Olave's due for a big year. He's just going to build on what he did last year with Jameis. 
And Michael Thomas, he's going to have a chip on his shoulder trying to come back from one of his 45 different injuries he's had in the last few years. So I'm looking forward to watching those two ball out with each other. Yeah, I heard the curl route was a little shaky, so he's still working on it. But um, they also, a name I forgot that they got, Jimmy Graham. I mean, he's not good. A return. It's, it's, it's a big return for him. They got Lynn Bowen, your boy. Um, Sir, weapon, sneaky weapon. <laughs> uh, like any position on the offense. <laughs> I actually, I like Jake Hayner out of Fresno State. He's a quarterback. I don't know if he'll ever become anything in the NFL, but I like him as a quarterback. Like you said, I think Derek Carr is an upgrade from Jameis Winston. I love Jameis Winston. Love him as a person, as a player. But uh, I think he is an upgrade. So I just think Jameis is more Jameis is more electric, and they have the electric weapons. So I feel like Jameis can get in there and get stuff done if he's healthy, which is always an issue. He did throw for five K not too long ago, but he also had that thirty for thirty years. So yeah, but he also had thirty really touchdowns in that year. So, but you got to take the good of the Obviously, obviously. But Jameis is wildly talented, and I hate to see him just spend his career as a backup to Derek Carr of all quarterbacks to be a backup. So, let's not sleep on Derek Carr like that. He's earned his flowers. He yeah. has been looking jacked. I'll give him that. He's been looking jacked. Yeah. I saw the pictures. Anything yeah. else about the Saints here, guys? I mean, maybe if they offer Jameis Winston some crab legs, maybe he'll go if they like. As an incentive to throw less interceptions, maybe they'll be better. Mm. He's got his eye figured out. You guys see the drill the other day that he was doing? Oh yeah, no, he Classic. was really good. Classic, he was really Jamie good. Drill, yeah, he's the most un- one of the most unintentionally funny guys out there. They were they were training him to get beat up by the Saints O line. Then, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, that was that was basically all I had about the Saints. Trey Turner too. Oh, we didn't mention him. Yeah, oh, right for the ads. But all right, the next team I had on here was the Falcons. And this is the team that I was talking about with the Texans earlier that I was just really shocked to see how good of a roster they have. I just want to start first off with the D-line. They got Anyamata from the Saints, and they pair him with a Clayus Campbell who's aging, but it's still Clayus Campbell, Grady Jarrett, and now this rookie, Zach Harrison, who is he was a third-round rookie, but they're saying that he's been looking really, really good in camp and that he's going to probably get the first-team reps to start the season. So that and that's their last spot they needed really on that D line. So I think that D line could really shock some people. They have a secondary that has a lot of great players. They got Terrell. They signed Jesse Bates, which is obviously a huge signing. They got Okuda and Hughes from the Lions, which I can say they have their moments. Okuda obviously got injured, and they're waiting on that. So their secondary has some problems, but like like I said, Terrell and Jesse Bates is a pretty good starting point for your secondary. And it just seems like their biggest question mark is still quarterback. Whoever gives them a better chance to to win because they pick up, they go and get Taylor Heineke from the commanders, which is another guy who he gets in there and maybe he looks shaky at times like Jameis, but he can also make some really, really sick plays. So I, and when you, when you put him on a, an offense with Bijan and you know what I'm saying? It's, it's hard. It's, it's tough to not, it's tough to not give him a chance if Ritter's not showing out like they expect him to, but it looks like they're going to give Ritter his chance uh, and go from there. But I think that's, that's a question mark they need to figure out early because I think there's a team that can compete right now. 
I don't know about competing right now, especially with the quarterback situation, but adding Jesse Bates, I think was one of the more underhyped signings of the entire offseason. Definitely. I I saw him sign with the Falcons, and honestly, I kind of forgot about it for a couple months. And it was just looking back through their roster, I was like, oh, wow, they forgot they got Jesse Bates. Their secondary is actually going to be pretty good. Might keep them in some games, create some turnovers for them. And then, obviously, Bijan with the seventh pick. Zach Harrison, like you said, kind of dominating in camp. He got real long arms, so I think he's going to get some good reach. They also drafted Matthew Bergeron out of Syracuse. I think those two are going to make each other better as they go along. But Bijan drafting him, Cordell Patterson, and Algier, I think his name was. I yep. for a thousand yards. I feel very shameful that I don't remember Un- his name. Underrated seat, underrated season. One hundred percent. So I think they've got some some of the weapons, but it's going to be up to Ritter or whoever's throwing the ball. Probably going to be Ritter for most of the year. But in this division, it's they could compete. Drake London, Kyle Pitts, but who knows? Yeah, you mentioned the D-line, Josh. They also got uh, Bud Dupree. I mean, he's yeah. older, he's not as good, but that's still a solid. They have a great rotation on the D-line. Uh, but they their offensive line, they have one of the best offensive lines in the league. Very good. Uh, Jake Matthews, Matt Hennessy, Drew Dahlman. You know, a lot of people know Jake Matthews, but Matt Hennessy and uh, Drew Dahlman, they kind of fly under the radar. They're very solid. Chris Lindstrom, very good right guard. And Caleb McGarry, very good right tackle. So they have a lot of the positions figured out, especially offensive line, defensive line. The cornerbacks, I'm, the DBs are a little shaky outside of Jesse Bates, A.J. Terrell. Um, but, yeah, the big question mark for them is Desmond Ritter. And I think they'll probably find out very quickly if Desmond Ritter can compete as an NFL quarterback. And if he can't, I think you have to put Heineke in as quick as possible. Because I think Heineke can win them more games than Desmond Ritter. Uh, I like that you brought up Bergeron, Zach. I I read that Bergeron, who he was drafted as a tackle, I read that he could get some work at guard this year for the Falcons, which is saying something because they do, like you said, Mike, they have one of the best offensive lines in the league. So I think that would be interesting. That's te- That tells me that he's been overperforming at camp, which is just another hit for them to go along with a, a, ro- a roster where you have – they signed Matt Collins too from – the Raiders, who he had, he had some work at wide receiver too last year uh, due to injuries. But they got him, and then the, obviously they got their young guys. They got London, they got Kyle Pitts, they got Bijan, who's gonna immediately go into the league and be one of the best offensive players in the league. So it's it's really just, and I talked about the defense earlier. It's really just the quarterback position. If you told me that this team had Derek Carr quarterback, I would say they could maybe maybe make some noise. But you've got Ritter, who's unproven, and then you've got Heineke, who's had his moments. But I don't know. If it, if it's not working out for Ritter early, I think you have to at least you – sp- you already spent the money. So you might as well give Heineke a go and see if you can win some games. I don't really have many more thoughts on, like, the current state of the team. But right now, if I'm Atlanta fans, I'm hoping and praying that they they see a promise out of Bijan, Kyle Pitts, and Drake London. And just they just tank the rest of the year and insert Caleb Williams into that offense because that could go from like worst to first in not only division but maybe the NFC. I'm gonna be honest because Caleb Williams, he's a dog. I I'm very high on Caleb Williams, so I think if you throw him into that offense in 2024, that could that could be some real scary stuff right there. Yeah, you took what I wanted to say. Even Drake May, you put Drake May here, that'd be 
very good. Um, one more thing. Uh, yeah, Matt Hennessy. I think he got hurt at practice, so I think that's why Bird. That's why the guard. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's why yeah. the guard position. Yeah. So that, and then also their D line. I just one more time. It's very so good. good. They just it's so good. Mass rotation. Kamoko Ture. He was on the Colts for a while. He would just have his moments. He would get hurt a lot, so that was part of his problem. But he'd have his moments where he could just get a sack, almost at will. But injuries really hurt him. That D line rotation team. is getting more and more important in the league. I feel like. Yeah. Just being able to have five, six guys that you can rotate in there. They got bodies. For sure. Look at the look at the Eagles. I mean, that's what the Eagles are going to have. 49ers, they have that too. Yep. Lions. All right. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, I just want to say on the Caleb Williams point, I think you could say, obviously, you could say that about a lot of teams that they would be, like we said uh, last week with the Commanders. Commanders, yeah. But cool. I don't think this team is – this team is way too talented to have a top two pick. Way yeah. too talented. If they have a top two pick, something went really horribly wrong. So I, I mean, I don't even think that's really an option for them. I think they, they're. I'm, I'm assuming they're hoping and praying on Ritter, or maybe they're seeing something that we just haven't seen yet. But um, I'd got to assume they have a plan because they've been spending money. Yeah. I mean, Dak was a fourth round pick, right? And he turned out to be what Dallas feels is their franchise guy. I'm not very high on him myself, but. If he could turn out to be like a top 15 guy, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen, but if he can be a good uh, field general game manager with Bijan Cordero Patterson, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, he's got the weapons around him and a really good line in front of him. I They could make some noise, but this division could be so up or so down, everybody in it, it's... It was a it was real tight until the end of the year last year for a reason because you just don't know what's going to happen week in and week out with any of these four teams. Yeah, and like you said, Josh, they must think they have something with Ritter. The fact that they went out and got Calais Campbell, who's older, and Bud Dupree, who's older, on the defense, I feel like that has to show something. Show something. But my last thing is I really 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 hope that this is finally the year that Kyle Pitts breaks out and just has like a top three tight end season because I was really high on him in the draft and I feel like it's time it's his third season he's got to do it this year so I really hope Desmond Ritter at least turns out to give Kyle Pitts that opportunity finally it's crazy to call him a bust right like I no. I've yeah. seen a, couple, a, a little, yeah, I've seen a little bit of discourse on Twitter saying like is Kyle Pitts a bust because you take a tight end at four in the draft that arguably to this day, it's hard to find a lot of busts within that first round outside of Zach Wilson, maybe because now he's learning behind Rogers and Trey Lance, who I don't think has gotten enough of a chance yet, but taking pits at four, when you had a need at quarterback and guys like Micah Parsons, Jamar chase going after him. I feel like you have to have very high expectations, especially taking a position like tight end at four, but he's definitely got the tools to just develop into a stud which he honestly really already is now. So, Whether or not it was a reach or not is a conversation. Right. A bust is definitely not a conversation. He's, he's been a victim of his situation for the most part, and he has shown in spurts. And, yeah, just to wrap it up, like uh, you were saying, Mike, they're act, the organization is acting like a team that wants to win now, and it's just strange with the question mark and quarterback that they're doing that. So maybe they see something, but I mean, you can't really ask for a better situation for a young quarterback than yeah. than the Falcons. I mean, you plug any any of the rookie quarterbacks from this season in Levis, Richardson, Stroud, Bryce Young, 
this would be the best situation if you put them in Atlanta by far. It wouldn't even be close. So, yeah, I I have uh, I feel really good about the Falcons this year outside of the obvious obvious question mark. Anything else? I'm all good to move on. Awesome. All right. Speaking of Bryce Young, next team here is the Panthers. Obviously, their biggest get was number one overall pick Bryce Young in the trade with the Bears. They pick up Adam Thielen and DJ Chark to go be his weapons, which they're probably about the same level of receiver. They're I wouldn't call them mid, but I also wouldn't say they're top of the league talent. So he's he's got those guys at receiver. They go and they get Miles Sanders from the Eagles, who the Eagles always the Eagles never really let there be one workhorse back. So he never really got to be that. Um, he probably will be in this situation. Uh, they get Jonathan Mingo as another weapon. So they immediately, they go get him a ton of weapons. Um, and Bryce Young is my favorite of the rookie quarterbacks, just based on pure skill. And you put him in a situation where he has okay weapons, a solid O-line. Um, I don't need, I don't really know fully what to expect from this situation yet. I feel like you kind of, for the most part, you kind of know what you're going to see with Stroud, maybe with Richardson, but this this situation, I feel like is it's really up in the air with with what we're going to see from Bryce Young. I completely agree, and to kind of go a little bit deeper into the Bryce Young uh, conversation, I was watching some of the uh, some of the game, and like I said, I'm a film junkie. I like breaking everything down. When shorter quarterbacks really take snaps in the league, they like play action a lot because they get to drop back deeper into the pocket and give themselves more of a view of the field. Bryce Young, he was taking his three five-step drops and just ripping it. He he did not want to take those deep drops to give himself a bigger view. Guys like Baker Mayfield, when he came into the league, he liked taking those uh, 10-foot drops where he dropped real far back and wanted to make his offensive tackles work and protect him. But Bryce Young, he was taking those three fives every once in a while, those two-step drops and just rifling it in there. He only attempted like six or seven passes, but that's the main thing that I noticed from his first uh, set of uh, series from his his preseason game. Yeah, he's just he's very interesting to to watch. He's obviously short, but yeah, he's like you said, when he gets the ball, he kind of, he just like takes a step back. He doesn't like move his feet a lot. He just like stands there. It's very interesting to watch. I mean, he looked he looked all right. I mean, first game of the preseason, they have an average O line, which having an average O line for Bryce Young does kind of worry me because, like I said, he is a smaller guy, so you you don't want him taking hits. I mean, yeah. I mean, I Aquanu, left tackle. He had an all right rookie season. Brady Christensen, they, uh, Bradley Bozeman. I think Austin Corbett is hurt, so I don't know if he's playing. And Taylor Moten. So, I mean, they have all right tackles, but you just don't want to see him get hit. And But their defense now, they have a lot of young talent on defense with uh, J.C. Horn, uh, Brian Burns, who I'm excited about, Derek Brown, defensive tackle. Their D-line is all right. It's not, it's not the greatest roster. I think this is almost. It's not, it's not a great situation to have a young quarterback in. It's kind of the opposite, almost like the Falcons, where they have a great roster, shaky quarterback. I don't know what to really expect from this team because it's just a lot of holes, just a lot of average players. Yeah, uh, my my biggest thing with this team is. I, I think the defense is pretty poor just as a whole. I mean, you got the, the three names that you mentioned were literally the three names I have written down. It's Horn, it's Horn, Burns, and Brown. 
And then the rest of the defense is pretty, I mean, they got, they've got Von Bell and Xavier Woods on their depth chart starting. So, I mean, that's WWE. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a tough look. Um, I expect them to be in a situation where uh, they're probably playing a lot of catch up, a lot of Bryce Young chucking passes deep, trying to gain yardage because their their defense is going to give up a lot of points. Their D line isn't talented and it's showing. They've had a really bad camp, which is is probably made, is not the best thing for Bryce Young to have a, a bad D line going against them. Cause I mean, the second he goes and plays like the Eagles, not to keep bringing the Eagles into it, but the second he goes and plays the Eagles, it's going to be a lot different. Falcons. Yeah. Or the, or the Falcons who he's going to have to play twice a year. Any team with a good rotation of defensive lineman, he's really going to probably struggle because they're going to be in his face real quick, which but, is, yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah. I, I don't know what to expect from this Panthers team, but I know what I'm hoping for. They made the trade for number one overall pick with my Chicago bears traded away. DJ Moore. Gave us a 2024 first-round pick. I'm hoping they bottom out 0-17, give the Bears back-to-back number one overall picks. It it would be a generational fleecing by King Poles if he were to that, man. if he were to get that. We're not doing the King Poles, though. <laughs> I'm about to cut that out. <laughs> Let them cook, though. Let them cook. But I'm I'm hoping for them to finish towards the bottom, but I don't really know what to expect. Yeah, I mean, they don't have that many great weapons around Bryce Young at all. I mean, Adam Thielen's older. He's not what he was. DJ Chark, he's all right. Terrace Marshall, I'm pretty sure he went down in training camp today. So we hope that injury is all right. We hope he's okay. Jonathan Mingo, I haven't heard much about him in camp yet. But I mean, he's other been than he, he's, he's been, been showing out in camp, yeah. So, I mean, well, that's good for him. Hayden Hurst at tight end, just average. Didn't really do much with Joe Burrow. So what can you expect with Bryce Young? I'm hoping in the long run, Bryce Young kind of turns out to be like a Drew Brees. That'd be good for the Panthers. But I don't know what to expect from this team. It's just not not a great roster. Bryce Young is one of those quarterbacks to me that if he was three, four inches taller, there would never have been a question who's going number one. There just would never have been that question. He's He's just a smooth quarterback. Everything he does, he makes everything look easy. The only problem is the thing that everyone keeps saying is that the him being too short's a problem, which is yet to be a problem so far. Obviously, he hasn't played in the NFL yet, but he played at Alabama, and it was obviously wasn't a problem at Alabama. Um, but I agree with what you said. I mean, Adam Thielen and DJ Chark, they got two wide receiver two or threes that are going to be their wide receiver one and two. So they're going to need – hopefully the Terrace Marshall gets healthy and then Mingo – and they got LaVisca Schmalt there, too. So. Well, that, that's all I got about that. Like you said, it's just a whole lot of wide receiver twos and threes. Uh, it's not an ideal situation. They're a little on the weaker side in terms of the weapons. But uh, it's not really much to gauge on this team. They're going to depend on Bryce Young, but they're not giving them too much to work with. Yeah, one more thing, I guess, is – uh. They refused to even, I think, consider trading Brian Burns. So I'm ready for Brian Burns to have a better the year than he did last year. I think he'll have a great year. Although I am worried they might not have much to help him with. They did sign Justin Houston. So he's an average defensive end. Yeah, I respect that they refused to trade Burns because a lot of teams in that situation are trading Burns. The Bears, one of them. 
the Bears are trading Brian Burns <laughs> in that situation for sure. So I I respect that out of them that that they held their ground there to maintain some talent because there's there's a lot worse rosters in the league than the Panthers. They're probably bottom half, but there's worse. I'd say the bottom ten, yeah. Any anything else about them? No. All right, last team here. We got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They obviously pick up Baker Mayfield to enter that QB competition with Kyle Trask, um, which is looking so far like it's not going to be much of a competition. It's looking like Baker's going to win that job and start for his third team in as many seasons. Um, But you put Baker in a situation where you got Godwin and Evans, a battle line, obviously. But you get Godwin and Evans, they go and they pick up Chase Edmonds, who has been solid wherever he's been. Um, they draft Kalaja Kansi, who who got hurt. Hopefully, he can get healthy. But uh, he was one of my favorite defensive players in the draft outside of the top group. Um, so I like I like him. He's going to miss a few weeks early with that calf injury, but like I said, hopefully that can be figured out. Um, I see that Baker's been having a lot of batted balls in camp, which is that a victim of his own or his situation? We don't really know. Uh, this is an, an O-line, which I think is kind of the opposite of the Falcons. I think this is an O-line where people see names like Worfs and just assume that they have a good O-line. This O-line is not good. It's not in Jensen. They they dropped Filer. It's whatever. And then, like I said, Worfs and Jensen. But, yeah, this is a bad O-line for Baker, and we've seen what happens with that. So I I think they're going to be pretty bad. Jensen's just coming back from a knee injury, so I don't know what they can really expect from him. Exactly. Older on the older end, too, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, you start going down the list of losses that they had from last year. They lost Brady, Fournette, Julio Jones, Donovan Smith, Shaq Mason, Akeem Hicks, Sean Murphy Bunting, Logan Ryan, Mike Edwards, Keanu O'Neill. That's who I have listed, but that those are a lot of names who produced in recent years. Maybe not Julio, but we know what he's capable of on the two to three out of the 17 game schedule recently, but they, they lost. They're, they're going to be worse. I think they're going to be in that top five, maybe top seven pick contention if I had to guess, but I'm, I'm not impressed by anything on this roster. So I think they're bottom of the barrel. Yeah. They have a lot of names. I don't know if that's just a victim of being a team in a super bowl recently winning a super bowl. But, I mean, they have great receivers, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, obviously. Like you said with the O-line, that's one of the rough spots. A lot of names. Tristan Wirfs, you, I mean, he's good. But uh, Luka Decky, he was a rookie last year, right tackle. He had a bad season. So they need him to improve. Cody Mock, uh, the right guard rookie, he lacks a couple teeth. So hopefully that doesn't affect him on the football field. But the defense, they have like an all right defense, but it's nothing like really special. They lack pass rush. I could definitely see, like you said, as being like a bottom five, bottom seven team. And I think at the deadline, I can see them moving a couple pieces, maybe one of the receivers, a Levante David who's getting older, maybe Shaq Barrett. I, I don't definitely know. see Shaq Barrett getting moved for like a second or a third round pick at the deadline. Mm-hmm. I can see that, honestly, for a lot of the players on this team. This could turn into a dumpster fire quickly. 
And in the event that it doesn't, especially on the defensive end, obviously we had the whole Devin White requesting a trade thing a few months ago, which he now said that he was just being selfish and that he's going to stay on the team. I don't. Is that because he's he knows he's probably going to get traded anyways? I don't know. But in the event that the, the nobody gets traded on the defense, which I don't think will happen, it is a talented defense. I don't think it means anything because I I think they're going they're going to sell obviously at the deadline. Um, but but yeah, the the offense just Baker's in a spot where he's gonna he's gonna be hit a lot. And his weapons could leave the team by the deadline. So I could honestly, I could I could see, depending on how quickly everyone gets traded and injuries and all that, I could I could see this team being a top five, top three pick. I really have nothing much else to add except for shout out to Yaga Diaby, Hall of Fame name. I'm a big fan of that. So a good name. It's a great name. I'm a big fan of that. I'm gonna keep an eye on him, maybe trade for him in a couple Madden franchises just for just for namesake, so that's all I got. Yeah, and I like Baker Mayfield versus Trask. None of them, neither of them are going to win you a lot of games. I think Baker Mayfield maybe wins you one or two, maybe three more games just because he has the ability to just randomly get hot, have a good game. But I think this team's going to be a bottom seven team. I think they only get about four to six wins maybe, six, seven. The main thing, and I'll just wrap this up really quickly. The main thing that I've been seeing is that concerns me is Baker's winning the first team reps, but then you go and you look at more beat, what beat writers are saying and everything coming out of camp is that Baker hasn't been good. So I think that tells you what you need to know about Kyle Trask. If he's just, Kyle Trask is losing a quarterback battle to someone who's not playing good. Yeah. So I think that says a lot. Um. Yeah, it's. This is they're on they're on the down spell after the Brady Super Bowl. All right, so I guess we'll move on to the division standings for the NFC South. Um, I'll go first. I got the Buccaneers in fourth. I got the Panthers in third. I got the Saints in second, and I got the Falcons in first. I think the Falcons just have the best roster, and they have two quarterbacks who they have two quarterbacks who have a chance to start and can actually start. Unlike. The Bucks, who have two quarterbacks, and they can't decide which one they'd least rather start. So that's that's my four. I got the same thing as you, except I flipped Saints and Falcons, so I got the Saints in first and the Falcons in second. Uh, I just I like the stability at quarterback with Derek Carr, and the fact that their defense is proven more than the Falcons. So I think that they'll be able to steal a couple more games than the Falcons and take that division. Yeah, I think this division is easier to predict than the AFC South. Still not a great division. I have the Saints one, Falcons two, Panthers three, Bucks four. The only thing I can really see change in there is the Saints and the Falcons. That's really the only, I think those two fighting for the division. Only one of them will make the playoffs. Uh, and yeah. Yeah, this definitely seems like a a one-bid division as far as the playoffs are concerned. But, um, alright, so to start the awards off, uh, offensive rookie of the year. I got Bryce Young. Um, there wasn't a, a ton of options on the uh, on the offensive end outside of Bijan, but um, but we'll get to that later. I got offensive rookie of the year. I got Bryce Young. Uh, I've got Bijan, but Bryce Young's right there neck and neck with him. I just think Bijan's going to get 
uh, a lot of touches. He's going to really show out and show why the Falcons did go and take him with number seven. Yeah, I wanted to pick Bryce Young, but I just don't think he really has the weapons or the offensive line to really do it. I think he'll be a great quarterback. So I'm going to go with Bijan Robinson. I just don't think Bryce Young has the weapons. And I think Bijan is going to have a great season. I think he's going to get the ball a lot, although I'm not 100% sure they should give him the ball as much as I think they're going to. But I got Bijan Robinson. All right. Uh, for defensive rookie of the year, I'm going with Zach Harrison from the Falcons. Um, like we talked about before, this defensive line is so elite that I think he will fall fly out a little bit under the radar as far as blocking schemes are considered. And I think he's going to get a lot of one-on-ones and he'll probably finish with a lot more sacks than people expect him to. Um, so I'm, I'm going with Zach Harrison for defense rookie of the year. Uh, I've got Brian Brissy, Breezy, however you want to say his name. I've known his name for a year and a half, still don't know how to say it right. But him from the Saints, I think he can make some noise alongside uh, Cam Jordan and in front of DeMario Davis on that defense. So especially with them possibly winning the division. I think he really makes a name for himself in year one. Yeah, I was between Brian Breesey, Kalaja Kansi, and uh, Zach Harrison. I think I'm going to go with Zach Harrison just because I don't know if Breesey's necessarily going to have the stats like them. But, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Harrison. Yeah, I also had Kalaja Kansi as an honorable mention if he can get healthy. Um, that's another talented defense that he can be a part of um, until everybody gets traded. But – uh, for Offensive Player of the Year, I'm going with Bijan. Um, I think he's, like I said earlier, he's one of the most talented players in the league. And he's going to be in the rare situation where he's coming from a good college O-line and probably going to a better NFL O-line. So I think that's just going to help more. And especially with a with the target share of everybody on that offense and the young, uh, young quarterback situation, they're going to be running the ball a lot because they can. And he's probably just going to have a freakish year. I've actually got Chris Olave. I think this is one of the couple divisions in the league where there's a lot of young talent who can really ascend and make a name for themselves. I think Chris Olave with Carr at quarterback, I think he's really going to shoot up everybody's uh, receiver rankings list and just prove that he was uh, truly that guy at Ohio State. Yeah, I got a J.J. Arcega white side. He can play wide receiver tight end. Uh, nah, I got I got Chris Olave. <laughs> <laughs> I got Chris Olave. I think he's due to have a great season with Derek Carr. I think he'd be the wide receiver one over Michael Thomas, and I'm just really excited to see him play this year. Yeah, I love Olave as well for offensive player of the year. But I'm for defense, I'm going to go with Jesse Bates. Um, that's probably the biggest signing in this division as a whole. Um, he's he's joining a talented defense. Uh, I think they're gonna win a lot of games. And if you look at the defensive stats and they're at the top of the league, and he's arguably the best player on that defense, I think it's hard not to give it to him. Yeah, he can definitely rack up some interceptions on the back end of that defense, but I picked J.C. Horn. I think last year he really took that step forward when he was healthy, and he was arguably a top-five corner in the league, easily top-10 in my opinion. But I think he could definitely build on what he did last year, staying healthy and take home deploy for this division. Uh, I got Brian Burns. Like we said, they refuse to trade him, so they they know they have a special talent there. And they got some all-right talent around him to maybe not have as many double teams. So I think he's going to get a lot of sacks and good stats, and I think he's going to win deep for this division. A lot of variety for us in that one. 
Been yeah, a while. I like to see it. Um, it's probably going to be a little bit more variety here too. Uh, for MVP, um, there were a lot of options here, and I was kind of struggling with this one, but I decided to go with Devin White if he stays on the Bucks. If he stays on the Bucks, I think it's going to be a situation where the defense is going to be on the field a lot, and I think he can rack up a ridiculous amount of tackles. And it seems like he wants to be with the Bucks now. Maybe he owes them for being a little bit too selfish in the offseason. Um, and I think there's not a team in this league that wouldn't want Devin White starting linebacker. So I I'm personally very shocked that he's an MVP pick in this type of division. But I have Derek Carr. It, it feels yeah. I didn't want to like, have to do that. That's why <laughs> I didn't want to do that. I I get where you're coming from, but it it's Derek Carr. I feel like he's just gonna he's gonna be he's gonna be good. He's gonna be good on the Saints, and he's gonna he's gonna do his job really well. Yeah, I'm deciding between two guys. I got Derek Carr, but I also got Young Hoku. I mean, he's one of the best kickers in the league. He's popping zins at practice. I mean, it's hard to beat that. It's hard. To, it but, is hard to argue with that. Actually, I'm going to change mine now. Too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to go with uh, Derek Carr. I just think he's got a great weapons around him. I think he'll have a 4,000 yard passing season. And I think they win the division. So I think he's going to be the MVP of this division. He's my pick. All right, so that about wraps up episode two. Um, Next week, we are planning on doing the AFC and NFC West. We're doing the West, right? Yeah. Yes, the AFC and NFC West. And the following week before the NFL season starts, we'll do the AFC and NFC North. Um, So, yeah, that's that's it for me. You guys got any, any last points? Follow us on Twitter. The ads are on, yeah, the, yeah. on the screen. For sure, for sure. All right, that's it. We'll see everybody next week. Thank you.